Here's what's coming up on today's show. Have you seen ads that talk about your retirement number and wondered, what is my number? How can you know when enough is enough to retire or stay retired? Join Mark and I as we talk about the things you need to know to determine your number. It's easy to get lost on the way to retirement. Things like taxes, improper planning, and excessive market risk can all lead you astray from your goal of a successful and happy retirement. That's where Liz Whittaberry comes in. She's a holistic financial advisor and the founder of Best Path Advisors, and she can help guide you to a better financial path. This is Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry. Welcome into the podcast, folks. It's Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry and myself to talk about today's topic, which she teed up a moment ago, and that is, how much do I need to retire? Uh, this is a question that people, they get wrapped up in. Liz, I wanted to spend some time on this podcast kind of chatting about this. I think it was, I can't remember who it was, but a couple of years back, there was a, a company that constantly did these advertisements about what's your number. And yes. uh, do you remember those? Yeah, it was ING at the time. That's who it was. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, I think people, we get focused on this. And I want to find out, is this a good thing to do or or not a good thing to do? So I think that million dollars is, it's a nice round number, right? It sounds very cool. You get to say, hey, I'm a millionaire and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so people kind of make that the targeted goal. Many people do. Is that a good number? You know, over the years, I've actually had a lot of people say, that a million is their goal. As soon as they hit a million, then they'll be able to retire. But I think that's a an old-fashioned rule of thumb. Hmm. And a lot of people said when I started working, you know, my goal was to accumulate a million. Sure. Well, there's been a lot of years between the time that they started working and the time that uh, they're going to retire. So the question is, is that still a good number today? Right. I recently saw... Swab Retirement Plan Services. They do an annual survey. And in 2021, the average plan participant thought they need a million nine. So almost two million. Hmm. Wow. Well, yeah. and, that, and that was 21. So obviously 22, we've had an awful lot of inflation. We've, and, we've had a lot of inflation. <laughs> right. You know, but your number has to be based on your unique situation. Yeah. There's not one number that fits everybody. Exactly. And I think that's where we get kind of hung up on it. And for whatever reason, and that's totally understandable. So let's break it down a little bit and and look at some of the things. Because one thing that strikes me with that, Liz, is like, well, what if you're pushing and pushing to get to, let's just say the the million, and you work longer than maybe you needed to because 750 would have got it done, you know, or something like that, sure. right? So what are some sure. of the things that, that do, you know, maybe impact the number, right? What are some of the ideas to, to consider there? Well, I think one thing to start with is where you're going to live. And I've seen a lot of right. studies lately on how, how long money will last in different states. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go banking rates just recently published some results looking at how long will a million last in every state in the U.S. Uh, And that's a very interesting study. They took the average spending for people that are 65 and older from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and then they adjusted that by the cost of living in each different state Mm -hmm. because some states have higher inflation, other states have lower inflation. Right. And they... And they broke it down then into categories, groceries and housing and utilities and healthcare and transportation. And so you can get a little bit of an idea of uh, kind of the average spending in the different states, but then also 
how long will that million last? Well, in Hawaii, mm, it's right. going to last 10 years and 10 months. Yeah, not long. And I would have thought California would be right there too. They are they're number 3. So number New three, York okay. is is 13 years and 9 months, California is 15 years and 12 days. Wow. Yeah. Um, Vastly different than let's say, you know, the middle of nowhere in Tennessee or Texas <laughs> or North Carolina, right? Yeah, Texas is is actually one of the best 15 states and North Carolina is right there right equal with Texas mm. uh, 22 years nine months for us here in Texas right um, the very best is Mississippi 25 years and three months mm. but that assumes you're gonna spend the average that retirees 65 and above spend you sure. might spend more you might spend less right uh, that again these are you know this is interesting information but you have to bring it back to your unique situation. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a sliding scale, right? It gives you a, an idea. You can go, oh, okay, well, you know, roughly yeah. this would give us this. So where you live is one. What else? What are the types of accounts that you have? And this is a really big one in the planning that I do. Um, do you have most of your money in accounts that have not yet been taxed? You know, this Go Banking Rate study didn't mention income tax. So I don't know if they had any calculation for state income tax mm, yeah. uh, in that. Yeah, because if you've got it in a traditional 401k, that million bucks that you strive to, it's not all yours. You don't got a million bucks. Right. Yeah. Let's say somebody has that 1.9 million that Schwab's study says you need, okay. but 90% of it's in tax deferred. That means that they owe income tax on 90% of their savings and if I assume that they're in the 24% tax bracket, then they're going to have about a million and a half for themselves. Mm -hmm. So about 400000 or so to Uncle Sam. Yeah. Yep. But if another couple has that has $1.9 and they have 30% of it is tax deferred and the rest is in real estate or a joint brokerage account or Roth IRAs or whatever other savings they might have accumulated, uh, they're going to owe income tax on quite a bit less right, yeah. uh, uh, tax deferred. So if they're also paying 24% income tax, they'll have about a million seven for themselves. And I'm rounding those off. Sure. Uh, but, um, you know, big difference in what is your tax picture when you retire, that makes a big difference in how much of that money you actually get to use for yourself and how much of it you're going to have to give to Uncle Sam. And so that's uh, a pretty big piece of the planning that I do uh, with people. Yeah, taxation and retirement is a huge component that, that certainly doesn't need to be taken lightly because that can really make or break a plan. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you need to know how that's going to impact you. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, then what other income sources do you have? Do you have, you know, how can you optimize Social Security? Do you have a pension? Uh, that can help because reliable income would then make your savings go further. Oh, yeah. You get to use that money instead of uh, dipping into the bucket. Sure. And then how long are you going to live? And this is, this is a big question. Right. Um, your job would be easy if longer. we knew that, right? If we all came with a, with a date stamped on us or something, your job would be really easy. But That would be, that would be perfect. But yeah. uh, we don't know that. And so we have to consider, you know, there's a big balance. I, I was talking with a couple yesterday about this exact thing. How do you determine how much you can spend early on in retirement and really get the the best return on life while you're healthy and you're able to travel and able to do things that you want to do versus how do you save 
enough resources for those later years in life, not knowing how long those are going to be or what your health is going to be. And so there's a, a lot of thinking that has to go into coming up with that balance on an individual basis. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you for sure. You know, and, and clearly planning makes all the difference. That's why we have the conversation. That's why we do the podcast, right? And your yeah. focus is, is certainly on learning. We've talked about that in past episodes and, and helping women and couples. And, and so do most people, like when they first come in to sit down, have, have they put any real thought there? Is there any kind of pre-planning done that you see on average or, or no? Is it pretty much most people come in and they just, they, that's why they're there. They need help. Yeah, you know, there's really three different groups of people that I end up talking to. Some people come in about five to six years before retirement and want to start planning. And some of those have saved, you know, very regularly all the years that they've been working and others really didn't get started saving until the kids were uh, a little bit older okay. um, and feel like they're playing catch up. But, you know, that five to six years before is one time that people really hits them. Uh, it's getting close and I need to start planning. Right. Then I get people that are coming in because they're going to retire in the next year and they want, you know, how, how do I transition? They want to put a plan together then. Um, and then people that have retired and realize, oh, okay, I really should do a plan now. I need some help. Yeah. 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 That's, and that's probably, that's, that's a rough one. Different there. personalities, yeah. I, you know, different personalities, different things going on in life. But, you know, a plan is, in my opinion, it's very, very key. Uh, I, women and couples who retire first and then plan second mm -hmm. may find that their plan is going to fall short of what they want. Yeah, I, um, I was thinking about this. It's part of the reason that I wanted to talk about this today, just thinking through some of the different uh, conversations that I've had over the last year or so. Right. And last in the last couple of weeks, I had a phone call from a lady who, um, somebody I've known a very long time, over 20 years, had suggested that she give me a call. She's been a single mom. She's, you know, not ever had a lot of resources. She made ends meet and raised her kids. And um, she's decided that she's ready to retire. And so she had sold her house, put the money in the bank, and she's going to rent. And she wants that money to provide her income. So she wants to take, you know, about 300000 and have that provide her about 18000 a year. And so that's about 6% a year that she needs that money to provide. But she wants it also to be very conservative because she's concerned. She, it's the, all the money she's got. She doesn't want to lose any of that. And it's going to be hard for her to invest that conservatively and provide 6% a year and have that, you know, if, if she needs a little bit more next year because inflation has gone up, then she needs a, you know, 6.05%. It's hard to make that match up. Mm. And the idea in my mind is that people need to think ahead as to, you know, what they're going to need and what their resources are going to be. And, uh, and with this lady, I'm talking to her about, you know, really looking at what she needs to spend versus what she has to spend and getting some ideas behind what can she set aside for emergencies. She's, she needs to ensure that she's 
taking care of herself long term yeah. and set herself up for for success long term. So now that's a good point, and and actually that that makes me kind of think about. It kind of drives home a point a little bit about the the trade off between growth and inflation. Obviously, this year has been challenging in both of those departments, right? So we we have yes. to have a strategy in that respect because it's it's going to happen naturally, even if it's not this crazy inflation. We're still going to deal that with that because if we're retired twenty or thirty years, you've still got to have some growth and you've still got to keep up with inflation, and it really kind of drives that point home. Yeah, and we've had such low inflation for so long; it's right. been you know, roughly one and a half percent for over a decade. And it just hasn't been on our minds like it should be. And, you know, the Fed, I know they're trying to get it back down to 2%. I see that as a challenging thing long-term because (laughs) some some of the things that are, that created that low inflation are shifting. You know, we had all of the baby boomers go to work. Well, now the baby boomers are gonna be retiring and the number of people working, the workforce is gonna be adjusting and shifting and changing. Um, over this past you know, 20 years, we've had a lot of technological advances. We've had globalization. Uh, there's been a yeah. lot of things that were very disinflationary that kept our inflation at a, at a low to the point that it was below where they wanted it to be. And now those things are uh, going to be different going forward. So About, we may have, yeah. even when they can get it back down, we may be running, you know, more at two or two and a half or 3% instead of the one and a half percent that we were. And that's to be seen uh, how these things play out over time. But it's possible that we will have higher inflation in the future than we did have in the recent few decades. Yeah, and it kind of drives it home, right? I mean, it's just not going to be the same as it was for, I mean, I'm 51. It's not the same for uh, me as it was for my parents. It's not going to be the same for my daughter, who's 25, as it is for me, right? So not having that analysis, not having that work on that stuff, just, you know, and a plan, I think, again, you, you kind of said it a few minutes ago that you, you, you retire first, you plan second, you're going to maybe find yourself in a pickle. Um, what do you see when, when you help people doing analysis, doing the, the strategizing, any kind of examples as to the difference that it makes? Yeah, and I want to I want to pause and you mentioned it's not going to be the same for you as it was for your parents. Sure, go ahead. Uh, and that just triggered, you know, a thought in my mind. Think about when your parents retired and let's say, you know, maybe they need, needed 50,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And let's say that it, maybe inflation was about 1.5%. 30 years later, they would need 78,000 to live on. Okay? Okay. So one and a half percent inflation increased as it by 56% roughly over their retirement years. Well, if you retired today and you needed a hundred thousand and inflation ends up being 3%, then in 30 years, you're going to need 242,000 a year. Right. So that's, you know, that's, it doesn't sound like a big difference, one and a half percent to 3%, but it does compound over time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it is definitely something that we have to think about uh, and and have a plan for the growth. How can your income grow in the future to keep up with that? How how might your expenses grow? And are you going to have a gap in the future that you need to fill in? Um, what can you do to make sure that your retirement savings keep up with that? And in my view, keeping the taxes low, minimizing the taxes 
is a big piece of that because if you can do some things that will cut your tax bill by 25%, 30%, 50%, and that's possible to cut that annual tax bill 20 or 30 years in the future, um, that's going to be a big difference because that dollar that uh, you know, you've settled up on the taxes now, you don't have to pay taxes in the future, you get to use the full dollar for yourself. And that will help offset some of these other potential uh, issues that that we're going to have. That's a great point, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, you asked about, you know, what, what do I see when I help people do that kind of analysis? What Mm -hmm. kind of difference does it make? And uh, some a number of podcasts ago, I had told you about a couple that had come in because they were going to retire in uh, five years. Okay. And we put a plan together. And when I looked at everything, just because of, you know, the savings that they have, the spending that they have, the Social Security and, and other income that they've got, I was able to say, you're going to you can retire today if you want. You can certainly work five more years right. and, you know, your health healthcare will be a little bit less expensive, but you can retire. You can afford to pay for healthcare in the gap uh, to Medicare and you can retire and your plan is very solid and very strong. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And the wife said to me, you know, that's the best thing anyone has ever said. Uh, they didn't anticipate that. And it it's giving them another five years of healthy years that they get to do some things that they really want to do. Yeah. And it's given them the information to make that choice. Right. I mean, to me, yeah. that's the big piece is it's like, okay, so now we've got this, we're armed with this information. Hey, we could pull the trigger and go ahead and retire early and enjoy those five years to your point. Or if they really, you know, wanted to go ahead and continue to work or whatever, just to kind of pad and just extra, whatever the case might be for whatever their personal reasons might've been. Either way, they were armed with the information, which to me, that's the beauty of the whole thing is finding out so that you know. Exactly. And we did stress test it for high inflation, high taxes, you know, living a very long time, having higher health care costs in the future, just looking at all of the different things that can happen that can derail a plan to make sure that, yes, this is you really can retire now and you really can have this extra five years together doing things with family, doing things with grandkids, doing things that you want to do together. Um, you know, I had another couple that came in to do some planning and they were going to be retiring within the year. They had had an advisor for quite a long time and had been asking that advisor for probably three or four years is my impression. You know, what do we need to do? Where is our income going to come from? Mm. Um, You know, what should we be thinking about for taxes? Are we going to have a big tax bill? And their advisor was saying, you know, don't worry about it. It's all going to be taken care of, but not giving any insight into what does that mean? What, yeah. what does it mean? It's going to be taken care of how, where? Uh, and so they came in and we did a plan. And in doing that plan, we were able to, you know, really look at where should money come from first, second, or third over time? What should you do with different decisions relative to, you know, lump sum distributions and other decisions that were facing them? And then we made some very specific tax plans that saved them hundreds of thousands of dollars over their retirement years. A big, big 
reduction in taxes. Yeah, that's a and huge the, win. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's that was very big. And the husband said, you know, this is exactly what I was looking for. This is what I was asking for. I wanted to have this that I could look at that would lay out what we need to do to be on our best path for retirement. And so, you know, having that plan answers the questions, the unknowns, but it also lets people know, do I have enough? Do I have the amount that I need to retire to be able to carry me all the way through all of my retirement years? Is that amount that I've saved, is that, am I ready to retire now? Can right. I retire today early? Should I work another year or two uh, just to be sure that I'm totally taken care of for as long as I might live? And knowing that, that just removes all of the worry and am I making the right decision? It just helps people know that they are making the right decision for themselves. Yeah, and I, it sounds to me like the the uh, second couple there might have had someone who was really more focused on the accumulation phase of life and not the preservation and distribution phase, right? And there's a big difference in those two. And I think that's a great place for us to wrap it up this week is you know, getting a plan and getting with the right advisor for the time of life you're in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say, you know, if if anybody is less than 10 years from retirement, you're listening to this and you're less than 10 years from retirement, or you're even already retired, it is a good time to have a plan so that you know that you are on your best path for retirement. And so whether you hire us or you hire somebody else to put that plan together, get a good advisor that helps you answer that question for you. What is your number and are you there yet? Yeah, absolutely. I think finding the right advisor goes a long way. And again, it's one of the reasons we do the show and do the podcast to help share some good information. And if you're not already working with Liz and you'd like to have a conversation, as always, you can reach out to her at bestpathadvisors.com. That's bestpathadvisors.com. She's the founder and financial advisor at Best Path Advisors. So check her out online. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple or Google or Spotify, uh, all the major platforms for podcasting. Retire on your best path. That's the name of the podcast. Podcast. You can find on those apps again, or you can just find it on her website, bestpathadvisors.com. And we'll see you next time here on the show. Liz, thanks for your time as always. I appreciate you, and we will catch you on a future episode. Thank you, Mark. Have a great day, folks. We'll see you next time here on the podcast. Retire on your best path with Liz Whittaberry. The preceding program is sponsored by Best Path Advisors, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors. Best Path Advisors, J.W. Cole Financial, and J.W. Cole Advisors are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by Liz Whitberry should not be construed as specific tax, legal, or investment advice, nor as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Neither J.W. Cole Financial nor its representatives provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W. Cole. Investing is subject to risks, including the loss of principal. Due to volatility within the markets mentioned, opinions are subject to change without notice. Information is based on sources believed to be reliable. However, their accuracy or completeness cannot be guaranteed.